Well, what is up, church? How are you feeling today? Man, it's so good to be here with you today, just to kind of just share this day with you. I want to say happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. If you're a dad here today, we welcome you. We want to celebrate you. Happy Father's Day. So exciting to be here with you. If you're joining us online, thanks for tuning in and watching. And uh, we're just, we're thrilled. Today is Father's Day. You know, something special about today, I thought about this in honor of Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors. On Father's Day, I thought I'd bust out the KDs tonight, today. See on the back there, they say KD, see that? First ring, some of you are like, what's that? What's a ring? It's just this basketball thing, you know, going on. LeBron who, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, oh man, poor LeBron, he tried. Um, He'll be in the finals again next year, but I think it'll be a repeat. Um, But, uh, you know, it's exciting. Uh, You know, these shoes have been in a box for six months. Got them Christmas time. Someone blessed me incredibly. So whoever that was, it was an anonymous blessing. Thank you for these shoes. Uh, First time these shoes have ever touched real pavement. It's a big deal for me today. So (laughs) Father's Day, here we are. Brand new series. If you're a guest with us here today, we started a series last week called See at the Movies. Just this fun series. We were going to kind of look at some famous movies and draw some truth from the movies and make some applications to our life. And movies are fun, aren't they? they? They're powerful. They make us laugh. They make us cry. They, they change our perception, perspective on things. Uh, they really have a motivating effect to it. They can inspire us. They can actually shape uh, who we become in our, in our character. Movies are a powerful medium. Uh, of media. And so last week we began talking about Rocky Balboa and we talked about how, to be, how do we become the type of person who's like Rocky and who's able to get back up after you fall down. Was that helpful last week, inspiring? Uh, hopefully it was. Hopefully you put some of that into practice. If you missed it, you can go back and watch that on the podcast. Today I want to talk about a movie that I think is perfect, absolutely perfect for Father's Day. I mean, how perfect is it to talk about Braveheart on Father's Day weekend? Isn't that awesome, guys? Braveheart's one of the best, my favorite movies of all time. It is rated R, so uh, just have to watch out. Lots of blood, some gore, there's a little bit of nudity, so just not for everybody, but uh, it, is, it is a very, very good movie. A little bit of a love story in there, a little romance, so it draws the women in a tiny bit. Uh, but if you don't, if you haven't seen the movie, shame on you, it's 1995. I should have seen it way a long time ago. Anyway, um, <laughs> It's a, it's a story of a boy who loses his father and brother to, uh, against a war against the English. The English are kind of ruling over the Scottish, and there's, there's just this, this terrible situation, this tyranny going on, and, and the Scots are enslaved to the English. And so William Wallace grows up. He, uh, he's raised by his Uncle Argyle. If you saw the movie, remember, remember Uncle Argyle with the white eye? He's like, Argyle. You know, he's like a pirate, you know, and just this mean dude, but he, teach, he educates William Wallace, and he, and he teaches him how to fight both both with his hands and his mind, and William becomes this great warrior. But he falls in love with a woman and uh, doesn't want to be a warrior, just wants to be a farmer and raise a family. Uh, and so he wants to marry this woman, but the, the English have instated this crazy, terrible law called prima nocta. And basically it's this law that says on the wedding night between a Scottish man and a Scottish woman, an English noble can take the bride and steal her virginity on her wedding night. Just a way of kind of just totally dominating the society. Horrible law. And so in order to avoid that law, William Wallace marries his wife secretly so that she doesn't have to be taken by an English noble. Well, they find out about the marriage 
marriage and they end up, you know, killing her, slitting her throat. And that just pushes him over the edge and he just goes nuts. If you remember, he just goes crazy and just starts tearing up Englishmen all over the place. You know, he grabs his sword and he, he starts to lead his army, you know, and he goes from town to town and he's just tearing people up. What an amazing movie. Lots of blood, lots of gore. <clears throat> And I'm not really into that thing, but I love, I love when someone just fights, you know, you know for, for someone they love and leads them into freedom. And, and so, but not everybody wants to follow, follow William Wallace. Like the, the Scottish lords, like they don't want to start a fight with the English because the English are really powerful and they've got these huge armies and huge horses. And, and so I want to show you what I think is the best scene in the movie that doesn't have any blood or gore, the scene after this one does, but not this scene. Um, and, and just because it's, it's, a, it's a moment where William Wallace comes on the scene and he gives this incredible speech and he motivates all of the Scottish soldiers who are kind of wishy-washy and they're like, ah, I don't think we want to fight. We'd rather go home and, and live enslaved to the English rather than fight and, and for our freedom and maybe die. And I want you to see this speech if you've seen the movie, you love this speech, here it is. Check out William Wallace. Don't you want to just grab a sword and go fight? You just want to slash somebody up. It's so inspiring. You may take our lives, but you may never take our freedom. I love it. Maybe you have to be a man. I'm not sure, but that's very, very motivating stuff right there. And so the rest of the movie kind of plays out. He, he leads his men to fight for freedom and eventually gives his life so that the Scottish can defeat the English. And, and it doesn't happen during the movie, but later on and years later, the Scots eventually fight for their own freedom. Fantastic story. And so you might be thinking today, great, awesome, great speech. That's very motivating, very inspiring. But what does it have to do with my life today, right now? I mean, we're Americans, right? You know, we're not enslaved to anybody. There's no country that's enslaving us. We're not, we're not, we're living enslaved to anybody. What, how, how do we use this movie to draw some truth out? How does it apply to our life? And here's what I want to show you in your notes there, and we're going to kind of make sense of this. God's will for you is freedom. He wants you to live freely. I, may, I know that doesn't make sense just yet. It will in a moment. His will for you is to live in freedom, but it's going to take a fight. That's what I want to talk to you about today. One time Jesus was talking to a group of people similar to, to all of you. And he was talking about being free. He was talking about being set free. And his audience didn't understand what he was talking about because, they, like you, they had never been in bondage to a, another uh, nation or another group of people. Let's, let's look at this passage in John chapter 8. He says, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you, say it with me, free. Okay, some, some of you know this verse, you've read this verse, you've heard this verse before. This verse is uh, usually on every college campus at some point over some building, this, you'll usually see this verse. And so Jesus' audience, they were like Americans, they're like, well, what are you talking about? Listen, watch this. We are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. Jesus what do you mean when you say we'll be set free? We have no concept of what you're talking about. There's no nation that has enslaved us. There's, there's no English people enslaving the Scotlands in this situation. And same, same with you and same with me today. But Jesus is not talking about being enslaved to a nation or another group of people. He's talking about something else. Watch what he says. He clarifies and helps them understand. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a, say it with me, a slave to sin. He isn't talking about another nation or another group of people. He's talking about when you and I give in to sin of any kind, we become slaves to sin. When we give in to the sin of pride, we become a slave to pride. 
When we, get, if, when we give into the sin of anger, we become a slave to anger. When we give into the sin of lust, we become a slave to lust. When we give into the sin of gluttony, we become a slave to gluttony. When we give into the sin of sloth, we become a slave to sloth. When we give into the sin of gossip, we become a slave to gossip. And on and on and on. See, in your notes, the way I wrote it is this. The nature of sin is to enslave. That's what it does. Sin wants to control your life. It wants to dominate your life. It wants to dictate and call the shots in your life. That's the nature of sin. And Genesis chapter 4 is a great story about Cain and Abel, the first two children of Adam and Eve. And uh, at one point, Cain brings an offering to God, and God rejects the offering. Abel, his brother, brings an offering to God, and God accepts his offering. Now, some scholars believe that at that particular time, God had made a law that we don't really, it's not in the Bible, but that there was a law that basically said, you, when you approach me, you have to bring a blood sacrifice for sin. Well, Cain brought a, a sacrifice of vegetables and fruit and from the land that he was, uh, that he was uh, plowing. Abel brought a blood sacrifice. So God accepts Abel's offering, and he rejects Cain's offering. And so Cain gets angry, and Cain becomes jealous against his brother. And God sees what's going on in Cain's life, and he says to Cain, hey, if you do what's right, listen, it'll go well with you. But watch this in chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 7. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Be on your toes. Be on guard. Why? Because sin is crouching at the door, just waiting to pounce, eager to do what? control you. That's the nature of sin. The nature of sin is to enslave, to control, and to dominate your life. But you, Cain, you must subdue it, and you must be its master. Wow. And if you know the stories, Cain is unable to subdue the anger. He's unable to control his jealousy. And so what does he do? He calls his brother out into the field and says, Abel, come on out here. I want to have a chat with you. And in the middle of the field, what does he do to his brother Abel? He murders his brother. First murder in the Bible. Where does it come from? It comes from sin, the sin of anger and the sin of jealousy. It turns into this dreadful action of murder. Wow. See, the nature of sin is to enslave. And the more we give in to anger or lust or gluttony or fear or worry or whatever the sin is, the more we give into it, the tighter its grip becomes on our life. The harder it is to get loose of that sin, the more we give in and give in and give in. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you're enslaved today to some sort of sin. You would love to be free from it. You'd love to be able to not drink that thing or touch that thing or look at that thing or taste that thing or go to those places or be in that relationship. You'd love to get away from that person, but you can't because you are enslaved to the sin. Jesus says whoever commits sin will become a slave to sin. Listen to the Apostle Paul, probably the greatest Christian to ever live. Do you agree with this? Yes? Maybe Jesus, Paul, maybe Peter, okay? Paul said this about his own struggles. He said, the trouble is with me, for I am all too human, say it with me, a slave to sin. What does he mean? He explains himself. Watch this. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. You ever been there? It's like, man, I, I've got all these good intentions, and I don't do what I wish I would do. Instead, I do the opposite. He continues. Watch this in verse 18. I want to do what is right, but I can't. You ever feel that way? 
That's a slavery word. That's a word that describes being in total bondage. I cannot do, I do not have the ability to say no. I wish I could stop eating that, touching that, doing that thing, looking at that thing, and I just can't because I'm in bondage. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I, I don't want to do what is wrong, <laughs> but I do it anyway. Some of us are enslaved with our tongue and our words. We've just given in to slander and hurtful words so many times it just spews out. Sometimes we'll say to our loved ones, oh, I'll never say that again. I'll never say those things again, I promise. And we're sincere. And then within seven days, four days, one day, we're saying the same things we said we would never say again. You know what that is? That's slavery. Jesus said, whoever gives in to the, to the sin of gossip or slander or anger or lust or fear or worry or whatever it is, that person is a slave to the sin. Now, this is hard stuff. Do you agree? This is, but this is, this is what we have to talk about. We have got to get down to the real issues in our life. You know, something I've noticed in our country today, I think, is the cause of a lot of the slavery uh, I know it was in my life when I was growing up as a teenager, so if you're a teenager, I really want you to pay attention, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, 17 years old. What the world is telling us, and some of us still believe this, some of us as adults still believe this, that freedom, here's what freedom is, this is the concept of freedom in America. Freedom is the ability to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, with whoever I want to do it with. Let me say that again. Freedom is the ability to do or to do whatever I want to do with whoever I want to do it with, whenever I want to do it. That's the idea of freedom. And so when your parents, teenagers, when your parents come and says, no, you can't do that, and you can't do it here, and you can't do it with that person, what do we feel? Teenagers, what do we feel? We don't feel free. We feel like mom and dad are big jerks, aren't they? I, I did too. It's like, mom, you're a jerk. You're, this is terrible. You, you're infringing upon my childhood here. Like, I want to go do this with that person, and I want to go over here with this group of people, and I want to go to this movie, and I want to do this, and my mom is blocking me. I'm not free. And then I would have friends that could go do this and watch this and drink this and go here, and I'm going nuts in my mind because they're free, apparently, and I'm not. That's the, that's the American concept of freedom. Ah, you get to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, with whoever you want to do it with. It, what's ironic about that, please pay attention, please pay attention, adults, teenagers, please get this. What's ironic about that whole philosophy of freedom is that that's exactly the type of mentality or behavior that leads to bondage. Just ask somebody who goes to AA meetings. Now they're 33 years old. And they go to a weekly AA meeting. And when they were younger, they were free to drink however, a 12-pack here, a six-pack there. And they were free to just... And, they, and in America, you can do that as long as you don't drive or, or just do, you know, function in, behind any other type of vehicle, right? But now at age 33, they can't stop. And they got to go out on a weeknight, two weeks, to a group that tries to help them to stop. Ask that person if they're free, right? What about the person who, who just feels, well, I'm free to feel the way I want to feel. I'm free to be angry and, and, and hold a grudge against my parents and hold a grudge against this person and my boss, and I'm free to harbor bitterness. Sure, you are. Absolutely, you're free to feel however you want to feel. What you're not understanding is that one day those feelings could result 
in incredibly damaging actions, just like Cain. And so you go to our jail cells today in America, and they're all full, full of who? People like me and you. Not criminals, not terrible people, just, just average people that were free to kind of feel whatever they wanted to feel. I feel this way. And those feelings turned into actions, actions that hurt other Americans, and now they're locked up. They're not terrible people. They're just people that say, hey, I'm free to feel the way I want to feel. Ask those people in jail today. Some of you have friends and loved ones in jail today. Ask them how free they feel today. Freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want to do and feel however you want to feel and go wherever you want to go and do whatever you want to do. That's not freedom. Just ask all the people today that are buried in financial debt. And when they got their credit cards and they were old enough and they signed up and they got the coffee cup and the t-shirt... <laughs> And they're like, oh, I'm free to spend, and I'm free to spend, and I'm free to spend, and I can, you know, in this country, you can spend money that, doesn't, that you don't even have. It's a crazy concept. But five years later, 10 years later, when everybody's calling and you can't pay your credit card debt, and it's $15,000, $16,000, ask those folks how free they really are. It's the concept of freedom that I can do whatever I want to do, spend whatever I want to spend, look at whatever I want to look at, touch whatever I want to touch, drink whatever I want to drink, drink with whoever, whenever. That concept of freedom actually leads to slavery. Yes or no? That's why, that's why freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want to do. Freedom is actually the state of mind or the condition where you have the power not to do something. Not to get angry. You have the power not to drink that. You have the inner strength to hold your tongue. And not go to that party and not be offended. That, folks, is freedom. Isn't that powerful? How do we get that? How do we, how do we get to that point where we have the freedom to, to, to say, I'm not going to do that, drink that, smoke that, touch that, drink, eat that? I, where you could look at the cookies and walk away. Wow. See, some of you, some of you, you can't look at the cookies and walk away. You can't. You don't have the inner strength to do that. And listen, trust me, I'm there because when I, when, I, when I wake up, I walk towards the coffee pot. I don't even have to try. It's just bondage. It's just total enslavement. <laughs> I, if I could, I would walk away. I can't walk away. It has to go down. And the same thing happens around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, ugh. That's bondage. How do we get it? How do we find the freedom? How do we find true freedom that you and I were created for? I'm going to give you three simple steps. It's in the Bible. I didn't make this stuff up. So glad we have the Bible. Are you not glad we have the Bible? Number one, how are we going to find freedom? Check this out. You must be willing to die. Death is a major theme in the Bible. Not physical death, although it happens to all of us. I'm talking about a different type of death. I'm talking about a death to the sinful desires that are inside of every single one of us. Look what the Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 3. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. What is he talking about? He's talking about, he, he lists the whole thing. You can read it when you get home in Colossians 3. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, coveting, greed, anger, uh, uh, wrath, malice, you know, all these different sins. There's a whole list of them. He says you have, to, you have to take them out back and you have to slash them and you have to kill them. And if you don't slash them and kill the sinful desires that lurk within you, they are going to come alive and they are going to put you in bondage to sin. He said in another letter in Galatians chapter 5 verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have, say it with me, crucified. Where did he get that word from? He got, he got that word from, from watching and hearing about what happened to Jesus. J. 
Jesus was crucified. He was put to death. Paul says this, if you want to be free, you have to crucify what? The sinful desires, the flesh with all of its passions and desires that lurk within. This is a major theme in the Bible. In the book of Romans, the apostle Paul put it this way, chapter 6, verse 7. For the one who has died to his sinful nature has been, say it with me, set free from sin. How do you do this? Well, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. I only have time to talk about one. Fasting. Fasting, denying your body food for an extended period of time. Fasting. One of the strongest human desires that you and I have is for food. Do you agree with this, yes or no? I think it's more powerful than sex, absolutely. People can go days and weeks and months without sex, can they not? Some of us live without sex because we're single. At least you should be. But you can't live without food. It's dry three, four, five, six times a day, right? We're hungry for something to put in our mouth. So when you fast, you're training your soul to say no to a very strong, the strongest desire inside the human body. And if you can pull that off, guess what? You can take that inner strength and apply it to other desires that are sinful. See, the desire for food is not sinful. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> now, it can become sinful if you're a glutton, okay? And then we, that's a whole other story. But the desire for food is not sinful. But what I'm talking about is denying yourself food so that you can build up that inner strength to say no to pornography and no to alcohol and no to drugs and no to the things that are sinful, no to, to materialism and accumulating more stuff because you think it's going to make you happy. That's what fasting will do in your life. It teaches you to kill off the sinful desires that lurk within you. Understand this, yes or no? This is powerful, powerful stuff. Number one, we have to learn to die to the sinful nature. Number two, we have to yield our spirit to God's spirit. We have to literally present ourselves to God. What am I talking about? I'm talking about mind, body, soul, spirit, will, appetites. After we, after we deny or crucify our flesh, we take ourselves, our whole selves, inside and out, and we yield it to God. We give it over to God. Listen to Paul in Romans chapter 6. He says this, don't you know that when you offer, give, or yield yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one who you obey. Okay, now he gives two options here for me and you. We can offer ourselves to God or we can offer ourselves to sin. Watch what he says. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or of obedience to God, which leads to righteousness. Every single day, you and I have to present ourselves to God, body and soul, and say, God, this life is your life. It doesn't belong to me. These eyes, these hands, these feet, this heart, this will, my choices, it's all yours. You bought them with a price, the very blood of your son, Jesus Christ. I don't belong to myself. Therefore, I want you to glorify yourself with my life, with my body. Every single day, that must take place. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, if you do this, if you walk, if you yield, if you stay in step with my spirit, watch what he'll do. You will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. In other words, if I give myself over to God, where, what paths are he going to lead me down? What, where, where is he going to direct my life? Where is he going to lead my life? Is he going to lead me into bondage? Is he going to lead me into the, the bondage of fear or worry? Is he going to lead me down the bondage of alcohol or drugs or some other type of substance? Is he going to lead me? You, you tell me, guys. You can talk to me. Is he going to lead me down? Is he going to lead you down those paths if I give myself over to him? No. He's going to lead you and I down paths of righteousness. In Psalm 23, verse 3, it says this. He will lead me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Oh, 
Psalm 23 is beautiful because it's all about God leading your life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, lead me. he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23 is all about me and you giving your life over to God, letting him lead our lives. And when, we lead, when he leads our life, he leads us into freedom. Number one, we gotta be willing to die to our sinful desires. Number two, we have to be willing to give ourselves over to God. Let's talk about number three. You must be willing to fill your mind with God's truth. You must fill your mind with God's truth. Jesus said, if you stay in my teachings... You, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will do what? It will set you free. Set you free from what? All of the things that are trying to enslave you. Some of you are in total bondage to fear. Every day, fear. Afraid of this, afraid of that. Afraid of things that are never going to happen, but you're in bondage to fear. Jesus talked about that. Some of you are in fear to worry. It's very, very similar. Worry, worry about this, worry about that. You've just, even some of you have just said, you know what, worry is such a big deal in my life, it's just, it's never going to change. You've settled into a life of worry. Jesus said, that's not my plan for you. I want to set you free from fear. I want to set you free from worry. Worrying about your kids. Worrying about the future. Worrying about your health. I want to set you free. Some of that, are you, you're in bondage to lust. You just can't help it. You just can't help yourself. You're always clicking on those pornographic sites. Always, always, always. You wish, you wish you could be free, but you're not. You're in bondage to it. You're enslaved to it. You said, that's not my path for you. I want to give you some truth about sexuality. I want to give you some ideas about how to deal with it. And when you look in the Sermon on the Mount, that's exactly what you find. Jesus says, if you stick in my teachings, here's what's, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be delivered from lust. It just will not be something that you have to deal with anymore. Wouldn't that be something, folks? And never have to deal with lust again. Never have to deal with anger again. It's just not an issue in your life. You just don't get angry. You're the type of person that just doesn't get angry anymore. Is that possible? You better believe it is, folks. That's abundant living. That's living in freedom. James, the brother of Jesus, said it this way. James chapter 1. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law, which is the Bible, you have to look into it, right? Whoever looks intently into it with purpose, with diligence, the perfect law, what does it do? That gives, say it with me, freedom. The perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of what it says, this person will be blessed in what they do. <laughs> but you have to take action on what you hear. The truth will set you free. You know, Dave Ramsey is, uh, is, is popular, and, and we love him at this church, and we, we encourage everybody to go through Financial Peace University. In fact, how many of you have been through Financial Peace University? Um, his whole strategy is, is based on the truth setting people free. That's what the whole class is about. And when people apply the principles in his class, whether it's Malachi 3.10 or Proverbs 22.7, the borrower is the servant of the lender, or, or some of these other principles like Proverbs 11.25, the generous person will be blessed. It's, he just goes through all of these true scriptural truths. If you go through the course and you do what it says, eventually you get out of financial bondage and you pay off debt. And Some of you have been there. And then when you do that, you call up Dave and you say, hey Dave, guess what? We went through your class, we paid off the debt, and we're debt free. And then he invites you to Nashville 
to kind of do it on his show. Well, one of our people from the Banta campus, Ken and Gina Sharp, went through the class, paid off their debt, went down to Nashville, and they were on his show. And I, want to, I just want you to see a quick little video of when they went to Nashville. Check this out. All right, Ken and Gina, Indianapolis, Indiana, $48,000 paid off in 24 months, making 140 a year. Count it down. Let's hear a great debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free! <laughs> well done, you guys. Love it, love it, love it. That is fabulous. Isn't that fun? I love that. $48,000 in 24 months. Every time they do that, I don't know if you heard it, but in the background, they do the Braveheart yell at the end of the movie, freedom. I love that. So that's how you get set free. You get set free by, by taking the truths and putting them into practice in our life. You're willing to die to your sinful nature, giving yourself over to God, mind, body, soul, and spirit. That's how we get free. I'm here to tell you today that it is God's will for you to be free. It says it in Galatians chapter 5. My brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. This is the calling of your life. If you're living enslaved to anything right now, that's not God's will. And you need to make a choice today to step out of that bondage, to step out of that slavery, whatever the sin is. You need to begin to crucify your sinful desires. Give yourself over to God Present your body to him every single day and fill your mind with God's truth in relation to that sin and step into the freedom that he's created you for. That's how God has called you to live. It was William Wallace who said it this way. Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. What does he mean by that? Remember on the battlefield, he said, will you fight? And some of the guys said, no, we will run and we'll live. And Wallace says, I You'll live for a while, and then in your beds, many years from now, you know, and he goes on. Would you be willing to come back here have for, and just have one shot, one day, to fight for your freedom? Because, he, because living enslaved is not really living. That's what this means. You can continue to live enslaved to alcohol. You can continue to live to enslaved to some type of sexual immorality. Sure, you might live. But that's not real life. That's not the life that God has planned for you. He wants you to live free from all of that stuff. But you have to fight for it. It doesn't come easy. You have to take up a sword, crucify your flesh. You have to present yourself to God. And you have to fill your mind with truth. I wish there were an easier way. Here's the deal. I wish that this Friday night we could have a, a freedom night. And everybody comes in, and whatever you're enslaved to, you come in enslaved, and you walk out free. Wouldn't that be awesome? We could do a baptism. I could take a hose and just spray everybody in the crowd. <laughs> free, you know? We could all yell, freedom, you know? I wish it could happen, like, in a moment. You know what? It, it, it doesn't work that way. It is a war, and it is a fight to be free from lust, anger, greed, materialism, pride, slander, all these different things that ensnare us. You are going to have to fight for it. The question is, do you really, truly want to live? Do you want? You have to want it. You ha if you don't want it, you're not going to fight for it. You're going to be like the Scots. You're going to be like, ah, you know, let's just go home. We can go home and survive. 
kind of sort of like life. No, it's not. It's not the life that God has called you to. You have to ask yourself, do you want to truly live? I do. I want to truly live. I don't want, I don't want to get to heaven one day and, and Jesus says, Here, here's actually what I had for you. Here's what you settled for. I actually had this plan for you, but because you weren't willing to fight and you weren't willing to push, you kind of, you kind of landed right here. I don't want that. I want to live exactly, I want to live the life that God has planned for me. And I hope you do too. Let me talk to the dads real quick because today's Father's Day. Dads, I have a special word for you today. Your freedom is not just about you. It blesses you. It's wonderful to live without anger. It's wonderful to live without lust. It's wonderful to live above uh, frustration and impatience and jealousy. It's wonderful to live uh, above materialism and, and all, this, all the, what the world says about money. It's, it's wonderful to live above that or without that stuff. And it blesses your life. You have a lot of peace, you have a lot of inner joy. But your freedom is not just about you. Your freedom is about your children. Your freedom is about your kids. Because we live in a world today that's very different from when we grew up. Yes, dads? Yes? Very different from the, now, now the world is pressuring our children, children from every single angle to be enslaved to some sort of deal. Their physical appearance or sexuality or what, every single angle. And so now more than ever, dads, listen up, dads, you need to live freely so that you can lead your children into freedom. See, my kids are watching. I have a 15-year-old now. I've got a 13-year-old and a 12-year-old, which is absolutely crazy. And they're all leaving for camp on Father's Day. All three of them gone for four days. How blessed am I? Is that a Father's Day present or what? Mommy and Daddy home alone for four days. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Some of your minds are going places. Yeah, I didn't take them there. But you, that's you. That's, that's not me. So they're watching. The other day, my oldest said to me, he goes, Dad, coffee's going to kill you. I said, shut up. Because he's, now he's watching how many cups a day I drink. It's like, dude, have you done the science? Oh, yeah, I've done the science. My teacher said, you know, it could kill you. They're just watching. They're just like, like hawks. What's dad doing? What's he saying? And what they're trying to notice is, is, am I enslaved to anything? So how important is it when I'm sitting there watching television and a commercial pops up and there's a half-naked girl? How important is it for me to change the channel? Let me ask you that with two teenage boys in the house. What if I sat there and said, oh, hey, press pause. <laughs> Can you imagine what my boys would think? They'd see a father who is enslaved to lust, see, because they're watching every single thing I do. Is dad free? Here's the question. They're not even asking it. They don't even know they're asking it, but they're asking it. Is dad free from anger? How is he responding to mom right now? Is dad free from, 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 from fear? How's he responding to this situation? It's tough. They're watching. So, dads, I got a challenge for you today. I wrote a little, I wrote a little charge. And I'm going to ask you dads to do something uncomfortable. I know you dads don't like to do this, so I'm just going to ask you to get over it. Um, 
I'm going to ask you to stand up with me. Would you stand up if you're a father today? Go ahead. Grandfather, father, go ahead and stand up. Come on, come on, come on, dads. Let's go, let's go. Step up. Pretend like you got a sword in your hand. Just be like, you know, we're going to go fight. We're going to slash some, some enemy soldiers of some sort. I'm going to read this, and as I read this, this is basically a declaration to say, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm finally going to just, I'm finally going to step into freedom for myself and for the sake of my children. And so I'm going to read some of these lines here. I wrote this out myself, and, and I want you to repeat it after me. And I know that's uncomfortable too, but, but, but I want you to do it. Because I, I, I just want, there's something about just doing that together as men in the sight of God. Say, God, I am choosing today to fight for freedom. So I'm going to read this. I'm going to make these short statements because I know you guys have a short memory. So they're going to be real short, so you can repeat them after me, kind of like at a wedding. <laughs> you ready for this? You guys ready for this? Yeah? Freedom will not come without sacrifice. That's pretty good. Let's do it more like we're in the Navy or or the Air Force or something like that, okay? Can we do that? I know we got some soldiers here, so let's kind of do that. Freedom will not come without sacrifice. Today I choose to fight for freedom. I choose to crucify my sinful flesh. I choose to yield my spirit to God's leadership. I choose to take the truth of God's word into my mind. The truth will set me free. Today I choose to fight for my family. that they too may live in freedom. freedom. Gentlemen, let me pray for you. Father God, I come before you right now. Your word clearly says that you have called us to live in freedom. Freedom from fear, freedom from worry, freedom from anger and lust and everything else that wants to enslave us. I pray for the courage, I pray for the wisdom, I pray for the humility for the strength that these men would begin taking steps towards freedom, that they would crucify their flesh, yield themselves to your leadership, and take your truth, the truth of your word that sets us free into their minds and into their hearts, that they might experience and taste freedom first and lead their children, their sons and their daughters and their grandchildren into the freedom that you've called them to have and to live. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys, you may have a seat. Can we give it up for our fathers today? I just feel like going out outside in one of those rims and just dunking one. You know what I'm saying? Just like with these KDs on, I just feel so excited right now. I might try that after the service. How many dunks can you do in 30 seconds? Okay, another story. Okay, anyway, anyway. Hey, let me wrap this deal up by talking about the freedom that Jesus Christ purchased for you on the cross. Today we talked about the freedom from the power of sin how to live above that stuff. He also set you free from the penalty of sin. And some of you have never embraced the gift of eternal life. You've never put your faith in Christ to have the the penalty of sin washed away. Christ came to this earth to die on a cross. He was crucified. He was sent by the Father because he loves you. He was sent because there's a penalty you could not pay. There's a penalty only he could pay. 
by living a righteous, holy life. And so Christ came to this earth, lived a sinless life to pay the penalty for your sin and mine. If you trust Christ today, if you reach out to him today and say, Jesus, I believe you died on that cross to pay the penalty for my sin. The Bible says, not me, that you will be forgiven, you will be washed, and you will be set free from the penalty of sin. Some of you have been thinking about doing that and you haven't done it yet. I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. It's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of trust. It's a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my life. May the blood, your blood that was spilled on the cross wash me, cleanse me, and make me your child. Some of you are feeling and sensing you need to make that decision today. I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. If that's you, just bow your head, close your eyes. Take these words of mine, make them your own. Reach out to Christ in faith. Say this. Jesus, I trust you today. I trust that you paid the penalty for my sin. You died in my place. I believe you rose again to wash away all my sin, all my shame, all my guilt. I reach out to you today in faith. Make me your child and help me from this day forward to live in the freedom that you've called me to. I pray this in Christ's name, amen. Can we give God a hand for what he's done today, amen? It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Hey, we, if you prayed to receive Christ today, there's tables in the back uh, to my right and to my left. And uh, please go grab a free one-year Bible. Here's why we wanted to put one of these in your hands because we believe that the truth will set you free. So on your way out, you can grab one of those. They will also talk to you about something called Starting Point, which is a short-term small group that you can join to discuss issues of faith if you're just getting started or if you're just coming back after being gone for a while. So talk to them about Starting Point. One more time, can we give God glory for what he's done? As you walk out, as you walk out, just, just remember, remember, God has called you to freedom but it's not gonna come without a fight. You're gonna have to crucify your sinful flesh. You're gonna have to give yourself over to God every single day, mind, body, and spirit. And you're gonna have to take his word into your mind and heart if you're gonna live freely. Dads, do it for yourself, do it for your children. Will you pray with me? Father, as we close today in this wonderful, special day, honoring dads, Thank you that you have laid out a path for us to experience freedom. Freedom over anger, jealousy, lust. Freedom over fear and worry and insecurity and comparisons and materialism and greed and all that stuff. You've laid it out for us. Help us to, have, to be brave enough to have the strength and the wisdom to follow your path. And when we're free, God, we will point at you and we will give you all the glory. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Hey, God bless you. Next week, we're talking about Toy Story, Toy Story. You're not gonna wanna miss it. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Bring a friend.